that requires marketing and sales to work as partners, not just work together, but just work as partners to achieve one common goal. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another episode of the Flip My Funnel podcast. I have a very special guest today. I know on this podcast, we talk a lot about ABM, and, and, and we have different perspectives of where people are. But I didn't meet anybody until now who has been doing ABM and has been in their title for the last almost four, six, eight years, which means that they have been thinking about that way longer or maybe even practicing that way longer. So I have Anamika Gupta, who is the Global Strategic Marketing Executive Leader at Fujitsu. And prior to that, she has been at Capgemini, heading up their account-based marketing program, and even at Cognizant. So I, I feel like this is someone who we all can learn from and demystify what account-based marketing really is in large organizations and also figure out how it's done, like what are the, the nuances between how people think about it. So, Anamika, welcome to the show. Hey, Sangram. Thanks for having me here. Awesome. So, well, let's start as usual with a fun fact about yourself. Interesting. So, I have two young kids of me. One is seven-year-old, the other is like five years old, just turned seven and five. And you can, you can imagine the age they are in right now with very innovative questions they can post to you, especially at the right timings. And that kind of surprised me. And I can tell you about one of the incidents that just happened maybe a couple of weeks back with my older one, which is seven-year-old. And she was trying to explain me something which I had taught about India. And she couldn't kind of explain back that to me, what I, was, what I had explained it. And she wanted to tell me something. Yeah. And she just came to me. She's like, oh, mommy, you don't understand this. Like, no, I don't get it. You have to explain it in the words because I just can't see what you're, what you're thinking. She's like, okay, come near to me. And she kind of touched my brain with her brain. And she said, now can you see what I'm thinking? And I'm like, oh my, that's innovative. I think that's where we need to go. I mean, think about people, you know, those who are in need. If we come out with a technology which can do something like that, think about how much of that we can learn from people, those who are disabled. Um, yeah. I mean, that gives me an immense amount of idea. And by the way, this used to happen in the, in the, in the past, like, you know, way beyond like, if you go into like BC, right? <laughs> I think there was something like that. But in the modern technology, I don't think so. We have gotten there yet. So I, I was surprised with what she was thinking. Wow. I think that, I mean, I, I remember like certain things that have completely changed where my, my son, we would go, he, I had him come to the office one day and he was looking at this big screen that we have in the office where the sales and marketing numbers are, are displayed. And he was just touching the screen to see if that can move or what action. He, he was so frustrated that why this screen is not interactive for his touch because he's so used to playing on iPad. So I, I feel like we all are getting almost different way of thinking and, and how you grow up and how you think about it, it could completely change. And that level of innovation can, can happen. And then it's awesome that if you can give it life, I feel like that's where the best and the brightest ideas would come out of. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about giving wings to those ideas and let them kind of just, you know, come to realization. So I hope she can do that someday or somebody can do that someday. Yeah. That, I mean, that sounds really, really good thing. If good use of technology. And think about how simple thinking they have. I mean, they're just so simple in their thoughts. Yeah. Just oh, come, come next to me and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Makes sense. All right. So let's talk about something complicated. In, in the world today right now where, where most listeners who are in leadership roles on this podcast, they, I think the, the whole idea around account-based marketing has been talked about in so many different ways. I know you and I have talked about it and I know you have a very clear perspective from your experience. So could you demystify for all of us here, what do you think ABM actually means and, and how should people think about it? Thank you, Sangram. I think, in fact, I'm going to say it's not complicated. It's very simple. It's just that we make it complicated, right? Based on because it depends on the need we have and we kind of twist and turn. So, and that's where it's like, when, as we, we kind of talk about ABM, I think it is absolutely important to define what is ABM in a true sense, right? Because ABM, as I was saying a couple of minutes before, has been manipulated. It's like, if you remember the terms, um, you know, like data, predictive analytics, digital transformation, which is still true, right? And yep. the word transformation itself, innovation, I mean, the way these words have been misused or manipulated, it's exactly, ABM lies in that category, right? It's, it's just, in the past couple of years, it's just become such a hot word that people have just started utilizing every interaction and whatever they do. It's been abused by marketers like us, organizations, <laughs> yeah. vendors alike. All of them just looking to win business by misrepresenting, altering, and repackaging that more of the traditional marketing capabilities and calling them ABM, right? So uh, that's where I say, you know, and it's not like that I haven't fought that battle. I have fought that battle in my career while building ABM practice for a couple of large organizations. And I have learned a lot. And in fact, frankly speaking, I'm still learning to tackle some of those common barriers including, uh, you know, the barriers which I encounter with our own business line leaders, account owners, so-called right. ABM service providers, and even our own mar- very own marketing functions within us, right? You know, those right. are like demand gen marketing and your Franco marketing and PR and AR and everybody, right? Within our, uh, which, which exist in, into our, our marketing function. So short and sweet, let's get back to like, what is ABM, right? So in my term, if I can, if I can explain just, just one statement and that captures four key areas in between. Okay. So account-based marketing is a long-term strategic approach. That's in bold. That requires marketing and sales to work as partners, not just work together, but just work as partners to achieve one common goal. Between sales and marketing, there needs to be one common goal. Sales doesn't have a goal, which marketing has a goal, which is not aligned together. If that's the case, you are not doing ABM. It needs to be one common goal. And that goal could be your either opening doors or deepening engagement. And, and the last is like at high growth accounts, right? Mm. So you need to identify, you know, where are you doing those ABM? Are those the right accounts? So as I said, account-based marketing is a long-term strategic approach that requires marketing and sales to work as partners, to achieve one common goal, open doors and deepen engagements at high growth accounts. Let- Clearly, you have thought about this for quite a bit. Is this how companies in like large enterprises are thinking about it? Or you feel like this is something that, that how it 
it should be and has there something that has come up to you in just like in the last few years or this has always been the case of how you have looked at account-based marketing in your organization that you work for? I mean, I would say this is how I have looked at ABM ever since I knew that there is an ABM, right? I mean, that's why this is different. That's why this is giving you like proven ROI because you follow these, right? And then you kind of define this and this is what you try to practice day and night because it requires changing uh, mindset, changing culture, changing the way you work. And that changing, the word changing is, has got lots of bumps in between the roadblocks which you need to go through, right? In fact, I know if you look at, uh, this is from one of the ITSM report and they kind of you know, put it front saying, only 8% of the market exclusively practices ABM by its true definition. Only mm-hmm. eight. Now the question is, is that good or bad? I mean, can we only practice truly an ABM, like the ABM which is in a true sense? I would say no, not necessary. You don't have to just practice what's truly an ABM. My point is that, you know, we leverage, leverage the ABM approach based on organization's need and what is absolutely necessary for your sales to succeed, right? You may do one-to-one, which sometimes people say strategic ABM. You may do one-to-few or, you know, one-to-few ABM or one-to-many ABM or just to dimension, right? But the key to success is to define it by what you're doing. Because if you're doing some form of dimension with a part of customization involved and then define it as an ABM, when you actually get to implement ABM, it may not help you or your organization. Yeah, I totally agree. It will create multiple complex situations, including like you know managing budget, resources, which you need to actually implement ABM. So that's where we as a, as a marketer should think. I agree. I think one area where I would love for you to, to maybe expand on, Anamika, is this idea of one goal. A few days ago, I, I posted something on LinkedIn saying that, hey, look, marketers are typically handed the, a budget, right, based on a percentage of the revenue or something like that. Most CMOs, and, and it's, it's just crazy the numbers that I see now of, of millions of dollars that CMOs get but they, they, they get handed the budget and then they're asked to do something with it to drive demand. And ABM is not typically the first thing I would, I would venture out to say goes in their mind. They, you know, a lot of times it's brand building, a lot of times it's you know, many, many different things they do. How would you say to any CMO right now listening to this or a leader in marketing listening to this, when you say one goal, does that mean one revenue goal, marketing and sales should have just one revenue goal, not a lead goal for marketing and a revenue goal for sales. Um, what specifically should marketing change if they don't have the same as sales numbers? Actually, make some very good points. So yeah, you can actually define one goal as multiple way. I mean, when I say one goal, it is about, see, any organization, they put a goal for themselves, right? And that goal is whatever they can put it in, whatever term they want to put it, to grow right? To grow their business. Now that growing of the business can happen by like increasing revenue or your brand equity, right? Whatever it could be. So I think my advice to our fellow marketers would be that, you know, learn what your organization's goal is because that organization goal is now broken down into sales goals, right? Because that's what your sales is asked to go and achieve or the business is is, is kind of asked to go and achieve. And when you kind of understand that organization goal and then you kind of align it with that goal, one single mm-hmm. goal which you have. In fact, I would, I would like to kind of quote one of my 
very early mentor I had in my earlier career. And he said, and I, I still remember whenever I get to work and I kind of, you know, get to any strategic planning or discussions with my leadership is there could be only five top things for an organization. That's it. There's five top things. And if you know those, what those five top things for your organizations are and you align yourself to either couple or at least one of them, you will grow and you will make your organization grow. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's, that's your one common goal. That is your one common goal. And I'm not going to define that because it kind of differs for each organization. Totally. Right? And the, the crux here is that every marketer should make an attempt to learn that. And for that, they need to cross the boundary of just being a marketer, right? They need to become a business partner. They need to kind of become a sales partner and kind of understand, and then kind of, you know, understand what that goal is and how I can align my marketing goal, my marketing team, and how I can bring success to the organization, right? That's where you become important. So for example, you know, if, if somebody wants, like you asked me a question, if you're handed over a budget and you're asked to kind of spend it, Again, when, when, when the business is giving you that budget, they are giving you the budget with the understanding that you're going to understand the goal which we have as an organization and align it and kind of then define where that budget will be spent. I'm right. not saying that they have to spend on ABM all the time because that may not be the case. They are, maybe there's a different goal. Maybe the brand building is the goal, right? And brand building, again, you can take an ABM approach through for brand building, but there are many other things you need to do for brand building. Right. You need to understand that. And uh, if they want to, if they have to kind of, you know, grow their revenue, I think absolutely they need to think about account-based marketing, right? Because ABM yeah. helps you get that 80% of the business from 20% of your client. Yeah. So for that to happen, you need to understand your accounts. You need to understand where do you want to go. You need to select your clients, by the way. Earlier in the days, it was more about whatever logo I can get, I'm going to serve them. But today, mo most of the major organizations I have worked with, we actually build out the list who we want to serve. Yeah. And we say that, okay, these, this is where I'm going to focus on. This is where my budget will be spent. And that's, where, that's why APM is becoming important because you know where you want to spend your money. And there are many, that's where tech comes in. And again, technology is a completely, like I can spend another hour or so to discuss about mm -hmm. that, right? You know how you're going to select about it. But then yeah. people go crazy about technology. Hey, let's bring in technology and we'll make our life magic. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. So anyways, you're going to select the accounts and then you're going to say, OK, this is where my 80 percent of the business is coming. And that 20 percent of your client could be either an existing client or it can be a prospect client because it also it all depends on the propensity to buy. It could be from your it can come from your existing base or the base you want to build. Right. So, for example, I'm going to take this example. I love this talking about is like when you go to a restaurant and you've been going to that restaurant for ages. Right. Think about it. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to you know, this restaurant for 10 years. Now, if I'm going to this restaurant for 10 years and I'm sitting on the same table, in fact, I do that with some of my kids because my kids, as I said, they are young and they kind of hook to one place. They like that. They like that ambience. They like that food. They like the way they, people come and talk to them or the TV, where is it set? They can do that <laughs> Tom and Jerry, right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, we usually, me and my husband, we try to go to the same restaurant because I don't have to make them settle, right? It's like they know this. And right. the waiter knows us. It's like they come and just say hello. And my kids are like, wow, they know me, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> and they know I what I like. I like uh, painting the elephant. So they're going to give me that painting. It's like, yeah, they, they know everything, right? So yeah. that's, that's your, think about that as your 
existing account, right? You know everything into it. And that's why you're being served as a VIP customer. That's why you're getting impressed. Your your friends are getting impressed when you take them there and and you do marketing to them. So that's your one-to-one in an existing account. That's their ABM, right? Second, if you're going, but think about, and this is where technology comes into the picture. You want to target, for example, I go to a restaurant. I have never been there. Mm. And the waiter comes and say, hello, Naomika. I, I think you love Italian food or whatever it is, right? And this is what I'm going to serve. They like, they love, they know what pasta I like. They know what sauce I like and everything else. It's like, wow, this guy knows, I mean, so much about me. He knows you, yeah. They it's, know you. It, maybe at, at one instance, it's going to freak me out. But second instance, like, wow, yeah. I'm like super, like VIP, right? Right. They know me. Even though I'm not Trump, Mr. Trump. <laughs> yeah. So, so how, how, does, how does this guy did that? They, they kind of in a red, the data around me, the, the, call it like data halo, right? Yeah. They, they, they read about me. They spent time in knowing me that, okay, this is the person who's coming. Let me kind of understand a little bit more about it. And how did they do that? They did it with the technology, right? Which is around us, which we have access to without any legal issues, right? So, <laughs> so that's like, you know, one-to-one into prospect account, right? right? But in both the instances, what I described, you spent time in understanding the customer, right? So that's why I say, I keep saying this, ABM is a marathon, it's not a sprint, right? Whatever, whatever type of ABM you go for, it's a marathon, right? I love that. And, and, and ABM approach, I mean, if you truly practice an ABM approach, 100%, it will give you the desired and outlined result, right? But, yeah. um, and, and, and I can go from there, like when you talk about result, there's like so many different things to talk about, but let me, let me kind of pause there and have you ask question. Well, I mean, it is, I mean, you can see, like I've, I've taken uh, like three pages of notes on just, just that point. And what's interesting to me is, is, is this idea of like how much B2B and B2C are getting similar, right? Or, or the lines are getting blurred. The examples that you use for a restaurant, we can apply that exactly to a hotel when you, you go and stay at, and I, you know, as you know, I travel a lot. And because of that, there are certain hotels that I stay at and they know everything about me. They know that I'm a left-handed person. I sleep on the, what side of the bed I sleep on. Um, so to keep, you know, so, so they can do all this. Do I untuck my bed or do I keep it tucked in? They, they know so much about me. And I almost always wonder, like, why don't they use that data? And every time I go to the next, you know, wherever I'm going to stay next, in the same hotel chain, why don't they use that data and just make it like, wow me. And I think that, level of personalization really matters and really makes me and, and sometimes it has happened now i see some of the hotels have things like hey welcome back and and they also write the name of the person who took care of the room so i know this person by name now but they know a little bit more about myself and they know i like dark chocolate so they, they would, so there's certain big hotels are starting to do that but i feel like there's still gap and we look at that as an industry that's doing really really well when it comes to personalization and i think B2B, I feel most people still feel like they're in a boring to boring kind of marketing and sales. And there's no reason to keep it boring to boring. There is a way for us to make it interesting, engaging for our customers and future customers. So I I love a lot of what you just said. And those examples really resonated with me. What I would love for you to, to share more on is really getting back to the measurement part of it. Because I think what I hear in the market today is a look. You know, ABM sounds great. As you said, it's a strategic approach. It's for marathon. I don't have the time 
I don't have two years to prove that this is going to work. I'm going to be fired in the six months if I, if I don't prove what I'm doing is working. So all of their milestones for people to start thinking about, to see progression of it, because not everybody, not organization, not every CEO, not every leader have, or the company have the luxury in some ways to wait that long for those strategic accounts to close. And maybe that's where people need education, which accounts to do this with versus not. But are there metrics that you could share that are more middle term, right? Almost like giving them milestones to the ultimate goal of winning the deal. I think you're going in a very right direction. And it kind of, I think it's very, very aligned with what I was just thinking, right? I call that impatience, right? <laughs> Every organization gets impatient. Yes. Right? I mean, if you, if you go and tell ABM is a long-term strategic approach, they start shaking. It's like, oh, I understand. I understand. I understand. What are you going to give it to me in the next two months? Right. Or in fact, less than that, right? Yeah. So I guess getting impatient is organization and sales nature, right? It's, it's in their nature. They have to. So yeah. it's on us, marketing, to manage that. Make sure and, and kind of, you know, let them kind of make sure that they see the movement we are making through ABM-defined approach, right? Wow. So... I mean, and that's there. My advice to, again, my fellow marketers would be, and again, I'm, I'm, I listen a lot to, or I, I read a lot as well because I want to hear what other people are doing and how they are doing it and kind of, you know, practice it as well. But what I have kind of seen and, um, you know, which, which I want to share here is like, whosoever is kind of, you know, at the, at the start of like launching their ABM or maybe the initial phase of launching the ABM or maybe a little beyond like, you know, they have launched the ABM and they're looking for the result. You know, I would say, you know, two kind of metrics um, when, you, when you kind of launch or have launched the ABM. And those are like, you know, short-term metrics and long-term metrics. And I keep it very simple. It's like, let's not, let's not be complicated. I mean, there's so many metrics I've yeah. heard, the terms I've been hearing. And there's so many new terms, Sangram. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I just, I want to keep it simple. It's like short-term and the long-term metrics. For me, long-term metrics is, again, plain and clear. Influence your pipeline and influence your booking. How, how are you doing that? That's what AVMs can be measured on. You, you, you can put any number of metrics around it, right? But very simple and clear. Are you influencing the pipeline? Are you influencing the booking? And how are you doing that? That's a long-term. You cannot do that in two months. It's right. impossible, right? Yeah. And by the way, I'm, I'm using the term influence. ABM can influence. It doesn't generate in my, in my, and maybe somebody can say that that's generate, but to me, it's like more influencing. That's what ABM does by improving relationship, you know, or kind of, you know, by introducing or, you know, opening the door or whatever it could be. The second is short-term metrics. And that's where I try, that, that's what is going to satisfy the organization and your sales folks. And those short-term metrics is not directly tied to your pipeline or booking. Not directly. Indirectly, yes, but not directly tied. Because yeah. what you're going to show with those short-term metrics is like, and what exactly you can measure out of it is like, it, it kind of is dependent on the tactics or the specific tactics or the channels you would be utilizing for enhancing the client experience as part of your ABM approach, right? For example, Maybe you might be using LinkedIn text ad campaign. I'm just taking an example here, right? Let's take that as a text ad campaign you have launched for one of the, as, as, as part of your tactics and the integrated marketing campaign for account A, right? Let's just name it. Yep. So what can you report back on? Because sales would like to know how we are engaging, how we what? are doing, what is that we have done, right? 
and you need you need to keep you need to be transparent and keep them involved, both sales and the leadership team. Yeah. Otherwise, they would back out and they would be like, "Oh, you know, this is not working," and they would sing, you know, the alarm bells are going to go off if you don't keep them posted on what's happening or show movement. Exactly. So you you need to kind of you know keep that communication going and say we launched this particular campaign as part of the integrated campaign we we kind of you know had as part of our ABM planning exercise and uh, this is what we have launched right now. This is going to go for now until three weeks and uh, first week this is what the report is and the report will be like how many people saw that how many clicks how many views right and you can actually if you go by the Google Analytics you'll get multiple different metrics but yeah. but you know change those. The terms, which is there on the Google Google Analytics, maybe some of the sales or leadership will not even understand. Turn yeah. those into business, right? Mm-hmm. Business language, which is if how many clicks. So basically, how many people have actually come and they have landed on your landing page and uh, can can kind of you know, see those, right? So right. just just put that into a business term. Don't just put like like for example, there's a difference between data and insights. You're giving insights back to your business, but you're reading the data, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I usually put it like that was like, put short term and the long term, long term is always pipeline and booking. And the short term is about is linked to your tactics or the channel you're utilizing to launch the campaigns to enhance the client experience as part of the ABM approach. So it's, it's a journey, right? That, that kind of goes on with the sales and leadership. I love it. I love it. I have like so many notes. I'm, I'm going to try to summarize maybe two or three big ideas and I'll add more to the show notes later. And then, uh, and Namika, I think, I think everybody will benefit from a challenge that you can give to everybody to say, you know, if you're, if you're starting with ABM, here is what you should think about or try to do something that might come to your mind. So the big takeaways for me is, man, the, the definition is so awesome. The ABM is a long-term strategic approach. It is sales team, sales and marketing working as partners. We, I like to call it one team um, with one goal and, and really focused on the high-level accounts. Now, you shared a stat that really made me think about it, which is the ITSMA stat that less than 8% of the companies are actually doing ABM. And I share this all the time, like not every company needs to be doing ABM unless there is a business goal with it. So I think the examples that you shared were very clear. Focus on your business objective and figure out where it makes sense. Chances are ABM is a play for you if you're in B2B, but it doesn't mean it play for everything. If you have a transactional model, and maybe it doesn't make sense for you to do ABM there, but if it is a large, long-term, big accounts with very strategic, multiple products, big deals, many people involved in that, ABM is the only way I feel you can really penetrate in those, uh, those accounts, especially where you have, as you shared, 80% of the business coming from 20% of the customers. ABM is kind of a big play there. Then you shared something that I have uh, read a book by Peter Drucker called The Executive Leadership. And... He, Peter Drucker is such a, obviously a legendary writer. He, he wrote that most executives, when he interviewed the CEOs of the companies and all, they have no more than one or two top priorities in their mind for them to focus on. And then these are like multi, multi, from Bill Gates to, to all these people. And then the organization has no more than maybe four or five. And I think you echoed that. It's like, if you organize, if you don't know as a marketer or a sales leader, what your organizational goals are, and it might be brand, it might be revenue, it might be pipeline velocity, it might be expansion, whatever it is, if you don't know that, you're going to be missing out. So align yourself, figure out who, what the top priorities are, get clarity and attach yourself. I love that, that word you said, attach yourself to at least one or two of those and you will, you will find good stuff. 
there's so much more, but there's the, maybe I'll share one more where you, you, you demystified, at least for me, this idea of long-term and short-term metrics. And I've never heard anybody say it in that way. So, so thank you. The long-term meaning focused on the influence. And you said, well, ABM most likely is not going to generate net new leads or accounts, it, but it's going to influence whatever accounts you have. So I think it's a really big mindset shift that people need to understand. The long-term is to influence pipeline and bookings while you need to focus on short-term and make sure that the sales, marketing, leadership, everybody's aware of it and turn whatever metrics you get into business language. Words matter. So things like clicks, call that people, things like data, call that insights, and, and really learn how your management is going to understand it as opposed to just using more of the marketing vanity metric uh, language. So again, ton more. I'm sure I missed on many, many, many major ideas from it in Amica, but hopefully I did justice to some of it, and I'd love for you to share one challenge. I think one, just one more point there is like, I would say when you were saying ABM is for the large accounts, I wouldn't say that. ABM is mm -hmm. not just for the large accounts. It could be for any account where you see there's a, there's a propensity to grow, right? Or there's a propensity to buy into that account. And it could be of any level. So let's not kind of define this as just only for the big accounts or right. big deals or, you know, wherever. It's more about where you as an organization think that you are equipped to sell and the organization where you're going to sell is, has propensity to buy from you, right? And it could be of any nature. It could be of any size. So any organization of any size, big or small, can do ABM, should do ABM, but just do it with the right intent of ABM. That's my point, right? So, yeah, one of the challenges I would put is like, again, going back to my real, real <laughs> crux of this conversation is find out what is ABM. Understand your organization need. If you can, take, take you know, cognizant a step towards it and say, can I take some time to understand what my organization goal is? And can, can I align my goals to it? When you do that, you're equipped for success. You're going you're gonna to really make this a success. I love it. I love it, Anamika. Thank you so much for taking the time and demystifying ABM. I think it's going to be a fun episode for everybody to listen. Thank you so much. Thanks, Angram. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.